If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Feisty, fearless, and fair, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. It was a little different than the CNN town hall, that's for sure. This is the one on Fox that took place just moments ago. And it was with Sean Hannity and President Trump. And the race is really, really heating up between President Trump and Ron DeSantis. And it's interesting to hear the two pitches, too, as well, which I can't wait to get your takes on that, because as we are hearing the different pitches, if you will, and the different propositions, first off, DeSantis saying, essentially, you know what, you want to vote me in because I will give you two terms. I will give you eight years if you elect me. And then you have a Republican there for eight years. And boy, there's a lot to fix and it's going to take a lot of time to fix it. On the other hand, we heard from President Trump a few hours ago. He is in Iowa where DeSantis was yesterday. DeSantis in New Hampshire today. But Trump in Iowa essentially said, I don't need eight years. This was sort of a classic Trump response. You don't need eight years with me. I've been in the White House before. I know where the entrance is, the exit is. I know where the desk is. I know all the details. Just give me, he basically said, six months because he said, I know what I would do starting out. And one of the things that he said reminded me so much of John Katsimatidis, who's the owner and operator of Red Apple Media. Uh, John always says, Energy independence. Let's get back to that. We would not only be energy independent, we would be energy abundant. And that would really solve so many of our economic woes. And that is exactly what President Trump was talking about tonight and what he was talking about earlier today in Iowa. He basically said at the top of his list, drill, baby, drill. And that was really the big key, because if you think about it, I think we could have had leverage over Russia. Think about all the problems that are going on right now with the economy, with the war, Russia, Ukraine, so many of these things. Think about the other players in the world, our allies, some of them who are still dealing with Russia for oil, for gas, all of these different issues. And in the middle of all of this, basically, had we been, we America, still keeping up just with the same policies that President Trump had, Opening up the spigots, continuing to be energy abundant, not talking about all this woke policy, but focused on the flowing of oil. First of all, our allies would know they could get it all from us. They wouldn't even have to think about Russia, China, Russia. All of those guys would be in a squeeze. Russia wouldn't have the money and the finances that they have right now because they're selling, of course, their oil to China and everywhere else. And that's funding their war machine. 
So, so many things would have been different if it had been a continuation of President Trump. And he reminded us of that today in Iowa, which, of course, is a key state. It is the beginning of everything, guys, because that is where the Iowa caucus happens. And you can tell that DeSantis is putting so much focus on Iowa right now because he believes maybe if he can change the dynamics, he's seeing the same polls we're seeing. He's seeing that Trump is 30, 40 points ahead, depending on the polls, compared to DeSantis. DeSantis was doing much better a few months ago. He's been on a downslide, it seems like, since he's gotten up maybe two or three points in some polls in recent days since he announced. But he didn't get a major, major bounce. And so he's thinking, God, maybe the bounce could be if I get Iowa or if I get like really close showing. Maybe I don't get number one. He's obviously hoping for number one. But if he can get like a close number two or if indeed he can win, boy, would that send a really Really powerful message. So there are so many questions tonight focused very, very much on the future of this country and what would turn this around. First off, do you agree with President Trump that if it was drill, baby, drill again, everything would be turning around in this country? I actually think it would change so many different things and it would change the dynamics on the economy. It would change the geopolitical dynamics It would really, really put us in a sweet position and in a great financial position, guys. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. And again, this all goes back to leadership because Trump was talking at the town hall, and he said this in Iowa earlier, that if you look at it, the leadership of President Biden has been so lackluster. Biden today, did you see the fall? I'm not a big believer in like harping on somebody falling. Everybody falls. Everybody does these things. But what it did remind all of us of is that he is getting up there in age and in mental acuity. When you saw the fall, it was a really big fall. It looks like he was just getting off the stage, just kind of lost his balance, got up. But he took a spill. I'm glad he is okay He's our commander-in-chief, and of course, you want the best for him and anybody who goes through that. But it just reminds everybody that there are clear issues going on right now with this president. And it's not just his falling. He is faltering with the American economy. He is faltering with the border. He is faltering in so many different ways with energy. You look at what's happening with our energy independence. That, to me, is a really, really scary situation. So, Do you think when you watch President Trump and you see, here's a guy, he was not afraid to deal with that CNN town hall with Caitlin Collins. That was a zinger of a town hall. I called it the great debate because it wasn't a town hall. It was like her being astounded that the crowd of Republicans in New Hampshire were cheering for him, remember? And then they gave him, he got a standing ovation at the end of that one. They couldn't take it. At least tonight, you could see President Trump was at least allowed to speak a little bit more from Sean Hannity. And what a contrast we see from someone like that who is answering questions seamlessly, just like he did with Caitlin Collins. I thought that was a brilliant move of him to go there, to go and actually deal with voters and to say, I'm going to go to basically the enemy of the media for Donald Trump, because, of course, Jim Acosta was no friend of Donald Trump's. He used to be, remember, it was like Mr. President, we didn't even give him a word in edgewise. And so 
I actually thought that was great. And I also think going on Fox News is great. I hope he comes on again with Katz and Cosby again soon because I thought he did a great job when he was on with us. I think as many people in the media that can hear him, that can get his perspectives. And I think he has a lot to say now because, boy, you can sit there and go, look at the track record of what was there before. And it sure is a contrast compared to what we are dealing with now. What are your thoughts, everybody? As you were probably watching the debate and as you've seen in the last day or two with the president there stumping in Iowa, DeSantis stumping in Iowa, who do you like and why? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Judith, line three. Judith, your thoughts about uh, Donald Trump in Iowa. And boy, what a contrast to our current commander in chief. Hey, Rita, thanks for taking my call. Right off the bat, I have to tell you, I really believe that President Trump, he's the real deal. He's the original. He is a powerhouse. He keeps his promises. You know when he says something, he means it, and he'll do it. He has huge confidence, which is important, and I feel that DeSantis is more of a copycat type, not as creative, okay? I think Trump thinks big. He thinks way out of the box. Uh, and he's way ahead of him in, in, in every area compared to anyone there, including DeSantis. You know, DeSantis is good, but there's no one like Trump. Yeah, there is. There is it. You're right. Now, what do you think when you talk about you said there's no one like Trump compared to DeSantis? Um, how do you see the difference between the two of them? Because, boy, um, obviously all eyes on both right now, Judith. What? Where do you see the contrast between the two? I, I, I think that Trump is... Uh, He's got more experience under his belt, not just the four years of being president, he's right, but just the way he answered that, I was laughing my head off. Which one? <laughs> Which said, part? Need, when, he, when he said, I need six months, I don't even need four years, eight years, whatever. He's fabulous. I mean, that's so fantastic. This is He's so fast on his, on, his, on his thinking, you know, the way you pass on your feet with a boxer. He's just so fast. He's really good. Listen. He's the real deal. Come on. He, he he did so many wonderful things when he was like four years as president. And you know what? I really believe in loyalty, too. And I think he deserves it. He really does. He's a good guy. He'd be great for the country. We need him. And, and DeSantis, um, I don't know. Yep. By the way, I Judith, I got to play the comment that you're talking about. Stay with us, okay? Uh, this is Trump earlier today. And this was a total classic Trump comment just as you brought up uh i loved it when he said it too uh here it is and i'll get you to react judith take a listen who can believe in an open border but when i heard uh, de sanctus go out and say uh and and talk about eight years we need eight years you don't need eight years you need six months we can turn this thing around so quickly if you need eight years who the hell wants to wait eight years you don't need eight years i'll have it turned around and I think fully turned around. We'll be drilling and we'll be doing a lot of things. We'll be energy independent in six months. We'll be able to do that in six months. I love that line, Judith. Who needs Rita. eight years? It looks like he looks. Rita. He makes DeSantis look like a slow study. <laughs> Absolutely. Rita, listen to me. Do you remember when the wall rink, remember that ice skating wall rink and no one speaks and no one could do it? He says, let me do it. I'll do it in no time. This is and he did it. He did the the remember the ice skating rink. I think yep. it's the wall ring. Remember that? Yes. He just he's just he says something. He does it. He keeps his promises. Um, he's fabulous. And uh, I, you know, there's no one like him. I, I'm sorry. He's just he's very smart. He's very bright. There's no two ways about it. Yes, he has an ego, but they all do have. And you need an ego. How are you going to be? You have to have some sort of an ego to be to be president of the United States. 
And I honestly, I, you know, I feel secure with him. I know what he can do. And today, the way things are, I really think he could, he's the guy that could turn it around. You know, he's just as tough as DeSantis and even tougher. Come on. Yeah, that's you know? what, by the way, that's what you want, especially, Judith, when you're going to uh, going up against a Kim Jong-un or against other bad actors. You would want someone who's got a little bit of an ego and who also is extremely proud of this country, who promotes this country um, uh, big time. And that's exactly what you want. And you want somebody, you know, I, I, obviously you want a level head. But one of my one of the things that I think is interesting about Trump is that a lot of other people are worried about him. And I'm talking about other rogue leaders. Um, and that was one of the things that his big supporters, you know, at the White House would say, is that they'd go into a meeting and say, uh, do you want me to go back to President Trump and tell them, tell them what you said? Oh, no, 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 because <laughs> they would be worried what his reaction would be, because they knew that he was very clear on who he was. He was very clear on his vision for America. And they knew that, you know, they would probably get a better deal with the number two or three than going through Trump. And they fear Trump. And I think that fear at a time where we have a lot of bad actors in the world is not necessarily a bad thing. You want respect, but you also want a little bit of fear. That combination is not a bad thing. Judith, thank you. Let's go to Jacqueline, line six. Jacqueline, your thoughts, my friend. Go ahead, Jacqueline. First of all, you took the word right out of my mouth. Fear. But I have to give mega dittos to Judith because she is right on point with everything she says. She makes excellent points. President Trump is absolutely right. Drill, baby, drill. Under Mr. Biden's administration, don't forget, we got almost 8% rate of inflation, 9% rate of inflation, the highest that the country's ever had. Prices of gas went up immediately as soon as he took office because he stopped all the drilling. It's a no-brainer. It's a no-brainer. And you know what's amazing, Jacqueline? I am surprised that not more people are out there protesting some of these policies that have just killed us economically in this country. You know, it, it is. It's a shocker. You know what it is? He's all about the Green New Deal uh, to pad the pockets of all his cronies and everybody that's involved in wind and solar and uh, the cars. We see what a fiasco that turned out to be. You couldn't even get uh, chips or key fobs. And you use the word fear. The most important thing is that leaders of other countries like Putin and like Xi Jinping, uh, they fear President Trump. That is the type of president and leader we need in this country. He is respected by people like myself and Judith and you and everyone else that are diehard supporters of him. But the most important thing is the leaders of the other countries fear him. That's what we need. Yeah, and and you know what I'm afraid of? I'm afraid of, uh, you know, uh, six more years of uh, Biden. That sends me to fear. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I can't imagine, Jacqueline. Think about how different the country has been just even in the last, you know, two and a half plus. Think yes. about how different the country would look if there was a mandate. And what if... What if, and, and everybody has to realize this, what if the House goes back to Democratic hands? Can you imagine? At least there's a backstop now. And imagine if it turns out to be a clean sweep 
which often happens, by the way, in these sort of uh, presidential years. That's right. You know, so that's a scary thing. People have to think about that right now, that, you know, you want those checks and balances. Right. And it's so important. I'm, I'm not concerned about that. I think there's a very good chance that we will be able to take back the uh, the Senate and we'll have all three houses again. Then it'll be our turn to give it to them. But you're, you fear six more years of, of Joe Biden. It terrorizes me to even think of that. Terrorizes me to even think of it. Yeah, no, me too. Boy, what a different place uh, America will look like as a, we've already seen like the most unbelievable transformation and not for the better. Jacqueline, you're great. Thanks so much. Everybody will continue with your calls. 1-800-848-9222. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Well, President Trump was asked at the town hall just a little bit ago, would he vote for Ron DeSantis if it came down to it? And listen to what the former president had to say. Who can believe in an open border? But when I heard uh, DeSantis go out and say uh, and, and talk about eight years, we need eight years. You don't need eight years. You need six months. We can turn this thing around so quickly. If you need eight years, who the hell wants to wait eight years? You don't need eight years. I'll have it turned around. And I think fully turned around. We'll be drilling and we'll be doing a lot of things. We'll be energy independent in six months. We'll be able to do that in six months. Let me just say, so I heard DeSantis saying, oh, well, I get eight years, I get eight years, he gets four. You don't need four and you don't need eight. You need six months. Within six months, I said, within six months, this can be done. Other than, other than... You don't need eight years. And frankly, I wouldn't vote for him because he said you need eight years. You need six months. I wouldn't vote for him because he said you need eight years. And he's saying anybody who thinks it takes eight years to clean up the mess, he's saying he could do it in six months. By the way, I actually think he probably could. He'd probably get a lot of it reversed on day one. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Rick, line one. Rick, your thoughts about all this. Hey, Rita, thanks for taking my call. Um, Cheap oil and cheap food is the number one issue. And I spent eight years studying climate science so I could bring you the facts on the global warming scam. Would you like a little debunk on that? Well, no, not really. I just want to hear your thoughts more in related to Trump. Um, do you believe that the the drill baby drill uh, is the way to go? That's it. That's the number one problem. I mean, it's not just the oil, the price of oil, but it affects everything else. The price of food, everything that gets delivered costs more because you got to transport it. Um, it's costing lives because people are starving to death. 25,000 people a day starve to death, Rita. Wow. Wow. It's a lot of people. It's a lot of people. And we also, by the way, have to take care of our Americans first, as opposed to others who are coming in and getting food and perks. We got to take care of our homeless folks. So many issues, by the way. Rick, thank you. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network.
And in tonight's Back the Blue segment, which we love doing every night here on the Rita Cosby Show, a story from Bartlett, New Hampshire, where just a few days ago, shortly before 7 o'clock, New Hampshire Fish and Game was notified that a climber was injured on a ledge and he had taken a big fall. Peter Kettridge, 24 years old, was climbing Cathedral Ledge Rock, which is a 500-foot-tall granite wall that is popular with tourists and experienced climbers in New Hampshire. His fellow climber was a guy named Matthew Allen, also 24, of New York. When, sadly, Allen fell, Allen's safety gear failed, and he ended up tumbling, get this, five stories. Well, he banged hard against the rock face on his way down, and he suffered serious but non-life-threatening injuries. Luckily, the other climber kept his cool, and he called 911 and helped guide rescuers to where they could find Allen. Well, the Bartlett police responded, along with other key conservation officers and members of the Mountain Rescue Service, as well as other entities in the area. And rescuers were able to hike down from the top of the cliff to a ledge where Allen was located. Paramedics on the scene treated Allen, whereupon he was carried up to a waiting ambulance and said he was so thankful later that Bartlett police and others were there to literally save his life. What a powerful story and what an amazing testament to the great work that our men and women in blue do every single day and the different things that they come across, the different tasks every single day is never the same. And that's why we always love honoring them here on the Rita Cosby Show. Well, we are talking about President Trump and another town hall a little different than the CNN one he had recently. This one was more open discussion where he was able to answer the questions. And also, uh, by the way, and I thought he did a great job on the CNN one, I contend that President Biden could not have handled that CNN-style town hall against President Trump for more than three minutes. He wouldn't have been able to handle it. He would have been like, what, are you kidding me? He wouldn't have been able to keep up with the questions, with the back and forth that then Caitlin Collins was giving him tonight. Sean Hannity let President Trump speak more and also Heard from other people in the audience, asked questions. It was fascinating. And at one point, this was an interesting moment I wanted to highlight. President Trump said during the town hall, now what's so interesting about President Trump, he just kind of says what he thinks. He always sort of has been one of those, no matter who was asking the question, even if it was a reporter that he didn't like, he would answer the question. And so tonight, this was a fascinating moment. And of course, he knows Sean Hannity well, um, but he said to Sean Hannity, that we shouldn't joke about Biden's cognitive ability. This is an interesting exchange. Take a listen to President Trump just a little bit ago. Here it is. I've asked you about, is he up to the job physically, mentally? You have been very reluctant to go there. Um, I'm not reluctant. To me, does everyone agree with me that this guy's cognitively not there? I doubt he knows what day of the week it is today. That's how that's how bad I think it's gotten for him. Why are you reluctant to call that out? Well, I don't know if I'm supposed to say this. I actually called Sean and I, I asked Sean not to joke about it. I was joking because he about used it. to joke about it. And I said, honestly, I don't think it looks good for you or for anybody for you to joke about it because it's a serious problem. I was talking about sippy cup and warm milky at night and. Yeah. Bed, bedtime stories. Yeah. So I said, uh, I just don't think it's good for anybody. And, you know, it's uh, not 
appropriate. You can speak about it if you want, but I don't think you should joke about it. And you really didn't after that. Yeah, isn't that interesting? Don't comment on the sippy cup. Don't comment about this. And, of course, this comes at a time where President Biden fell today. And it was a really, really bad fall. And people fall. Everybody falls of all different ages. I don't know if anybody wasn't falling at some point a couple times in their life. People just sometimes misstep. The problem is it comes at a time where people are very worried about the current commander in chief, his mental ability, his physical agility. Does he have the energy? He's been doing a basement campaign very different than what we are seeing from President Trump and the other GOP candidates who are out there. Everybody, they're campaigning. They're all over the place. I mean, President Trump is tireless in his energy. Ron DeSantis, to his credit, is going to a variety of cities in key states right now. They are barnstorming. And what a contrast that is to the president of the United States, who does hasn't done a campaign event. I mean, this is amazing. Since he announced he is running, he has not, quote, officially done a campaign event. And it doesn't look like he's going to do one. I mean, this is why this is such a remarkable moment, just to see the contrast. And I think President Trump, when I hear that... Uh, I actually think that that's a good thing that he's saying that, because I think the proof speaks for itself. You can see President Biden and what a contrast he is to anybody on the GOP side. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Mark, line one. Mark, your thoughts about this. Yeah, how are you, Rita? How are you? I'm great, Mark. Where are you from, Mark? you got a yeah. great accent. Well, it's funny. People tell me that. I mean, I'm from California. Then I lived in Israel for a few years. I lived in Cleveland, but I actually live in New York, like, you know, in the Long Island area. You know what? I'm hearing a beautiful Israeli accent, and that's what I love. Go ahead. I love it. I was born in in L.A. all my life. I lived in L.A. I mean, I'm Jewish, but whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's it. But it's interesting. You picked it up. By the way, as you guys all know, I was born in Brooklyn. I spent time in the South. I have people say to me, are you you sound like a Southerner. I'm like, yeah, South Brooklyn. But anyway, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, anyway, you and John and um, uh, Sid, you know, I love it. I listen to it every day when I'm working. Oh, on, on the way to work, it's, 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 um, it's uh, what's his name? It's six in the morning, Sid and friends. And on the way home, it's you and, and, and the other guys. And, and, and John, know, yep, it, uh, lucky I, me. Yeah, I love it. I really love it. And I just don't, first of all, I don't understand the whole campaign of Biden. It makes absolute sense. There is no reason to vote for him except for anti-Trump. For example, when I go on dating apps and I'm looking at, you know what they say? There's nothing. It just says anti-Trump, swipe left. If you're for Trump, swipe left. Right. And, like but but, but Mark, you hit it on the head. That, I think, is the campaign that I think they are going to try to do is I'm not Trump is what I think Biden is hoping for. And that's why he's sitting in the basement. The problem is. You know, the difference, I think, is this time, and you tell me, Mark, the difference is this time he's got a track record. You know, I mean, before it was like, I'm not going to be, I'm going to sell you blue skies and rainbows and all this other stuff. And this time, Mark, if you look at it, people are going to go, you gave us high inflation. You gave us divisiveness. You gave us open borders. This time, I don't think you can sit in the basement. Uh, People are going, we're not happy with what we got. How, how in the world is the Democratic Party even putting him up? It's an embarrassment. And I understand there's issues with Trump. I don't give a, I don't want to say on the radio, about his sex stuff. I don't care. You know, he's not, I, he loves America. 
He keeps his promises. He does. He's a leader. And I would love, I don't know, maybe you have, you have some connections. I would love, love to get to meet with him. I don't know how I would do that, but you know, I'm such a supporter and you know, it's just unbelievable. I mean, this world, like there's no values anymore. There's no values. A well, man is a woman. A woman is a woman is a man. I mean, listen, that, uh, abor- uh, not, without without even getting into abortion and like that, and you know, the religious stuff. He he loves the country. Who ever heard of such a thing of open borders? Yeah. I mean, which other country could he just walk in? What are they thinking? He, it, I mean, it what is, is amazing the behind this. You know what? And and as you talk about with borders too, in fact, Mark. I mean, I think the repercussions that we're going to see of open borders by this current president. Um, we're going to feel for generations to come. I mean, we have now millions of people in this country that are not vetted. And just like you said, there is no country in the world that would say, come on in. We're not going to vet you. We're not going to check your health status. We're not going to check your criminal history. And yet under President Biden, that's exactly what we're dealing with. And that is an astounding moment. And it, and it's not something uh, to be proud of because, sadly, I think the uh, criminality of it, because I'm sure there are so many wonderful people that have come into this country because they love America, they appreciate America, and there's a lot of good ones. But there's always going to be a few bad ones that slip in, and I bet a lot of them have sadly come in. We have a million gotaways, Mark, that have crossed the border. One million, literally one million that we have zero record of. Even the ones we have a record of, we're like, hey, come back to court in three, four years. So that's not even really a record. The other ones we have zero. So it just takes one or two or three to really do something horrible to America. And I'm just afraid uh, that they will have already slipped, you know, slipped into our southern border and we will not know about it. And that's why you do need a president who says secure borders, uh, who holds criminals accountable. We need somebody who, you know, puts America first and goes out there and fights for America, but also lets the world know that America is here and standing strong and that we're the best military in the world. All this other woke stuff and all this other crazy stuff that's bogging us down is just ridiculous. And and, and I 100% agree with you, Mark. Um, Thank you for the call, Mark. Really, really great to talk with you. Thanks so much. Let's go to Ben. Line two. Ben, your thoughts. Yeah, Rita, uh, mega dittos for the South Brooklynite. (laughs) And what what else? Um, Thank you, call screener, as usual, for putting me on. And number three... Simplify to all my fellow jarheads out there. Absolutely. And, and what else? Um, I think. Um, uh, what do you think of Trump and DeSantis? What do you, where do you see no, that going? That, that, that's that's what I said. That's what I was calling about. I would say that they should start stop bickering, or you know they're not really bickering, but you know putting each other down. But focus on issues uh, like how we're going to um, get these illegals. Some call them, uh, what do you call them, uh, migrants? I say call illegal immigrants. We got we to gotta stop them because this is my thing. If we don't solve the voting problem, all these gotaways are going to vote and they're going to change the election. That's my, you know, like my little, uh, how do you say, observation. So um, that's, that's, the, that's the whole plan. I think there's a spy in the White House that says, Oh, Mr. Biden, if you don't do blah, 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 we're going to tell such and such on you. So. Oh, um, that's that's interesting. So do you think, Ben, (laughs) let me ask you, this is an interesting point you're raising. So do you think there's somebody who's saying, uh, 
basically wreak havoc in America, throw everything into, uh, you know, uh, upside down. And if you don't, we're going to, what, uh, reveal all on your uh, on your son, <laughs> you know, that we yeah, yeah. I put it this yeah, way. What, I wouldn't be surprised. If, what, if that, what, is there, what if there's that blackmail, like somebody that has access to the White House that we don't know about? Maybe uh, they're getting through uh, with the Obama or somebody and, you know, just just blackmailing. And you do what we say because you can't do anything anyway. So blah. So that's my South Brooklyn, blah, blah, blah. Well, that and, that's a good yeah. point, Ben. And I think you bring up some interesting points. And that is why all this stuff with Hunter, I actually think, is extremely relevant. Um, and that's why I think we need to get to the bottom of this document, too, that also Comer is now learning that is in the possession of the FBI. They haven't seen it yet. Uh, but the FBI confirmed yesterday that it does exist. And for sure, we need to find out what is the deal with all of that. Is there something that somebody does have on this president vis-a-vis Hunter? I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, even by Hunter's own admissions, he's been hanging out with ladies of the evening. That's a nice way to describe it. And involved with drugs, again, by Hunter's own admission. I mean, all of these things certainly open the door for potential bribery or potential we've got something, you know, on your family or we've got something on you. I mean, and that's why it's important to know is he compromised? And we can't even get the answer on that. We can't even get the the document yet. But who knows? Uh, you know, it, it's not far-fetched when you look at somebody like Hunter and his drug-fueled days and he had uh, who knows what was on his laptop. Um, who knows where the dots connect? I mean, we don't know yet. But uh, Comer says he's on the trail. And let's see where the trail goes. The American public deserve the truth wherever Ever it goes. Let's go to Tom. Line one. Tom in Ohio. Go ahead, Tom. Rita, I, I really think the biggest problem of this upcoming election, the biggest concern for the Republicans and Trump, is January 6th. And I don't know if I, I can't get you every night just because of weather conditions. But um, Ju, Julie Kelly uh, was on a program. She said that she and John Solomon, the third person who she kept uh, nameless at this point, uh, have been told by uh, Kevin McCarthy, that they're going to try to get all the video from uh, January 6th that for these three people to review it. Now, if you recall, I mentioned to you the last time I talked with you, I think it's important to get all the information out there before the primary for, for a couple of reasons. Number one, not only from the standpoint of historical reasons and uh, possibly legal reasons against Trump and the other people that are being accused, but the, the, the people on the left have done a great job of taking their half of the jigsaw puzzle and putting it in a way to make it easily understandable, repeating it a number of times, and a lot of people walked away that that's what happened. The, the Republicans have to do the, other, the same thing on the other side, not only to keep us Trump people under the tent, because if, if Trump is not the nominee and they don't do that, I, for one, am going to walk. And secondly, if Trump is the nominee, then that becomes a non-issue. And I know you mentioned to me that uh, you didn't think that the mainstream media would cover it, and they probably won't. But social media will cover it. And people in the grocery stores we're talking about, in the barbershops, the beauty parlors, the grocery stores. In, in other words, moth to moth, people will have a concise method of presenting the counterargument and with the truth. And I really think that that would help the Republican Party and Trump out. Yeah, you know what? I agree with you, Tom. Um, by the way, um, on the point that I do still think 
even though I do think a lot of people in the other, you know, say like on the CNN or the MSNBC, I don't think they'll cover it. Um, but I also agree with you that it has merit and it should be covered. And I also feel that there are still so many unanswered questions tied to January 6th. I, I am still not comfortable with the fact that Nancy Pelosi has never been called to testify. She was overseeing capital security. Why has she not been forced to testify? Uh, if somebody was like a, a neighbor of Baron Trump's brother's milkman's son, they've been called before the January 6th committee. And yet Nancy Pelosi, who's head of security, who the former head of Capitol Police says that her office was in charge and that her office said, no, we don't need extra security. Why was that? And they keep denying it, but yet Nancy Pelosi's never been subpoenaed to testify. There are so many questions. And I agree with you. I think just for the American public to know the truth, that is why I think it is key. 1-800-848-9222. And we'll continue with your calls. The Rita Cosby Show. We are talking about the contrast between President Trump and DeSantis, both of them hitting key states that are vital to winning the presidency and at first getting the GOP nomination. That's why both of them have been spending a lot of time in New Hampshire and Iowa. And today, Trump in Iowa, DeSantis was in New Hampshire. It was the reverse a few days ago. And those two are pivotal states, of course, the Iowa caucus. And then after that, you've got the New Hampshire primary and then the South Carolina primary. And often by that time, the leader is very, very clear. And DeSantis is hoping to change the momentum. Can he do it? What are your thoughts, everybody? And also, by the way, in the next hour or two as well, more fallout from that horrible, hate-filled commencement speech by the law school grad at CUNY at the City University of New York. Mayor Eric Adams chiming in and condemning the speech. Bravo to the mayor. Um, Also, a lot of people wondering, where is the governor? Where is Kathy Hochul? Lee Zeldin, for example, who ran against the governor, is saying, why is she MIA? It is the City University of New York. It's a big, huge school in New York, and apparently they've had a history of having speakers that have made some very unsettling comments. This wasn't the first one. Maybe it was the worst one, but it wasn't the first. Why has the New York governor been silent, and what is your take of what should happen to CUNY now? Should there be new restrictions? Should there be questions with federal funds? What are your thoughts, everybody? 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Dave in Pennsylvania on line two. Dave, your thoughts. Hey, Dave, are you there? Dave, call us back. We can't hear you. Give us a call back, everybody. Let's go to Dave in New Jersey, since it's a Dave night on line eight. Go ahead, Dave, your thoughts about that. Hi, Rita. I can tell you the difference between these candidates very clearly. Donald Trump, who's a genius, by the way, who I love, when he was elected the first time, came into office and he did not know how deep the swamp was. He didn't know how much corruption was in all these departments. And everyone now, he now knows all these answers and knows all these people. Now, everybody is absolutely desperate 
desperate, totally desperate to, to stop him from winning and from be, being a candidate and being president again because they know that the minute he, 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 he comes into office on day one, he's going to fire the top 100 people at the FBI, the top 100 people at the Justice Department, and, and, and like that. And these, other, they, these people are desperate to get rid of him because they know that the minute he takes office, their history and that and that definitely will happen. He didn't know the first time. Now he knows the names of everyone and all the swamp everywhere, and they are going to be gone on day one. You bring up a great point, Dave, because you're right. Now he knows exactly a lot of who the bad actors are. And in fact, uh, when he did one of his first rallies, he said, look at me, I am your retribution. He even went so direct as saying there will be payback. Anybody who is part of sort of the deep state uh, or the phony balonies out there, see ya. Uh, he's not mincing words. And you're right. They desperately do not want that. They want to stay cushy and coddling. Well, I think America deserves better. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. This hour here on the Rita Cosby Show, Mary Eric Adams of New York coming out and the mayor condemning in no uncertain terms the speech, the commencement speech, no less, of a law school grad at the City University of New York, which is just unbelievable that they allowed that at the school. And again, it was hateful. It was anti-Israel. There were so many different layers to it, and it just was just downright unseemly, calling NYPD fascists and so much more. We're going to be talking about that later on in the hour. By the way, also, uh, just a few minutes ago, the Senate voted 63 to 36 to raise the debt limit. Um, So they have passed the bill, essentially. Uh, Now it will go to the White House. So basically the bill that Kevin McCarthy and others have been doing, um, essentially, uh, is going to be passed. Obviously, the president will certainly sign it, but the Senate passing it just a little bit ago, 63 to 36, to raise the debt limit. And we'll keep you posted on all of that. Earlier today, we talked with Kevin McCarthy on Cats and Cosby, and he was talking about this being a historic moment and feeling like that was the best that they could do at this time. Um, He did have 71 Republicans vote against him, but he had a lot of Republicans also vote for it. A number of Democrats did it also as well. Um, And now it looks like it will go to the president's desk and move forward. And it is putting at least some caps on spending. Not a perfect package, especially if you listen to folks on the you know conservative side. They're not happy on the right, the Freedom Caucus and members of the squad. Uh, say that it also is not ideal in any sense of the word. So we'll be following that closely. But again, Senate voting 63 to 36 
to raise the debt limit and pass that bill. And we'll keep you posted on that. Meantime, President Trump also along the way at one point said, you know what? They have to hold fast, that Republicans have to hold fast on so many issues. And he says it is time to really, really get tough. And one of the issues he also talked about, I want to play this. This is cut 26. And President Trump said just a little bit ago that it is time to really close our southern border. Our southern border is a disaster. Thank you, President Biden. And President Trump at the town hall on Fox News said this border must be sealed And the damage that is done must somehow be reversed. Take a listen. We're going to immediately close up the border. We had the the greatest border. We had the safest border in the history of our country. Now we have the worst border in the history of the world. There's no, and I say this during rallies. We love our rallies. But I say it during, there's never been a third world country that allowed people to pour into it. They'd stand there with sticks and stones if they had to. What's happening to our country But in terms of doing it, you don't need eight years and you don't need four years. You don't need eight years. In other words, he is slamming DeSantis, the governor of Florida, saying, you know what? Uh, This ain't going to work. We don't need the two terms that you're trying to sell. You just need one very spirited Trump term to bring things back to normal. And he got a rousing applause, by the way. Take a listen. Uh, Here is a little bit of the crowd when he arrived in Iowa just a little bit ago. Take a listen. We love you, President Trump. They love him in Ohio. And they love them in Pennsylvania, and they love them in Florida, and they love them in Iowa, as you just heard, which is a key state. And in Iowa, he doesn't shy away from anything. He was actually answering questions from a whole bunch of different people. And in fact, it reminded me, remember at the White House, when the young kids were asking President Biden, hey, what's one of your favorite places to go to? And where have you been to recently? Remember, President Biden was like, I can't remember. Oh, oh." and the kid was like, you just came back from Ireland a couple of days ago, Mr. President. Oh, yeah, that's right. I love Ireland. That's right. I was in Ireland. Remember, Biden needed the assist from like a uh, 12-year-old to give him the answer. Well, today, President Trump was asked a whole bunch of questions, even from young people and others. And he was asked about January 6th. This is his take about what happened on January 6th. Take a listen. Ashley Babbitt was killed, shot by, in my opinion, a rogue cop. He had no business doing that. He shot her unarmed. And actually, people say she was trying to hold back the people that were pushing her forward. Uh, Ashley Babbitt was the one that was killed. She was the one that was killed. And uh, they like to say five people. That's the truth. is, And there happened to be somebody else also in addition to Ashley. But Ashley Babbitt was a big supporter of everybody in this room. And, and uh, by every account, she was an incredible person and a great patriot. And he shot her like, uh, just like he had no problem. And then they wanted to shield him, right? They wanted to shield And he ends up on NBC, being interviewed on NBC because he was so proud of himself. He, was, uh, he thought he was a big shot. And also, President Trump also talked about crime in places like Chicago and New York and the impact of gun laws. He said he is an enormous supporter of the Second Amendment. 
and take a listen to what he said about crime and also gun laws. But when you look at Chicago and when you look at New York, they have the strongest gun laws anywhere in the world. And it has no impact. In Chicago, last weekend, they had 50 people shot and 12 died with the strongest gun laws. I think Chicago probably has the strongest gun laws in the country, probably in the world. You basically can't have a gun. And they had uh, 50 people shot and 12 people died. This is over one weekend. And uh, that's a war. That's a war. And he also said that there is a war on women. Uh, He had a doozy on this one. (laughs) Take a listen to how he phrased uh, what's happening with transgender athletes allowed to compete in women's sports. I'm not a fan of LeBron James, but I said, you know, if I were the coach of a women's basketball team, I would have the greatest team. I'd say, uh, LeBron, would you like to become a woman? (laughs) And... And I go to another four or five big guys and I'll say, how about we will be undefeated for many, many years. There will never be anything like it. I'll, have the great, I'll, be, I'll go down as the greatest coach in history. They'll say I was the greatest ever. And he also took on the FBI, talking about the investigations against him and said that he has seen corruption there firsthand. You know, the FBI has, and you have a lot of great people in the FBI, but the FBI has taken hits like in history like they haven't taken. And uh, look, I'm a victim of it. They've come after me. They've come after me on many things, all debunked. uh, The Mueller report, uh, the fake dossier. How about the dossier, which was written up by the Democrats, all fake stuff and uh, a, a disgusting thing. And I had to go through a long time. And still we did more than just about any president in history with all of that stuff on my shoulders, they tell me, oh, I was uh, a Russian agent. Okay, I was a Russian agent. I used to say, at first I thought they were kidding. When I heard that, I said, you know, that's sort of funny. I didn't know what the hell, they, I, I hadn't even spoken to anybody in Russia. You know, they went through five million phone calls and I didn't make one call to Russia. That was a little bit uh, bad, but they didn't denounce that. They didn't talk about that. No, we have a very, very corrupt system and it's gotta be, and we need from the top, we need great people. It has been classic Trump for the last 24 hours. And guess what? A lot of people are going, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to to Brad, line six. Brad, your thoughts about all this. Hi. Hi, Rita. Thanks for taking my call. Um, You know, I don't don't know exactly how to... articulate the angst that I've felt with our government, but I, there's a lot of it that I feel, and there's, I think there's big stuff um, at stake, and I hate the idea of these two guys. They're kind of heroes in, for me, and I've been starved for heroes. And, and who are you I, talking I, about I, when you say two, the two guys? Who are you referring DeSantis, to? You're, you're, yeah, it's Trump versus DeSantis. You're, you're kind of your theme tonight, These two, the, the two of them going at, at each other. I just think it's going to get ugly. How could it not? I mean, that's the way Trump fights. I just hate them turning against each other. I think they both have kind of they, they both have a good line on on what's wrong and what to do. I believe in their character. I think they're 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 two very decent people. Um, and it's just sad, you know, kind of that they might actually cannibalize their 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 supporters. And that I think overall the the conservative philosophy and party loses. You know, you, you start to eat your own. And and I don't know if we can afford that. We need to win. You know what? I agree that it is going to be a nasty primary. 
Um, and and I agree that there will be, um, you know, some repercussions. Often a nasty primary leaves somebody bruised and battered. On the other hand, yeah. it could also leave somebody better. Um, and, you know, who do you hope becomes the victor? What are your thoughts on where you'd like to you see know, it I, headed? I, I'm not I'm not really sold. I, I, Trump is, the, you know, the guy that I've kind of supported to date. And I think he's the guy that can get stuff done. DeSantis, I like his philosophy, I like his life view. I like what he's done in Florida. He, you know, he's he's kind of stands apart, you know. But um, absolutely, I, I and look, he's done a great job Trump in Florida. Yeah, he's done a great job in Florida. I don't know. I don't look forward to kind of, of some of the ugliness that I think will happen because it's like Trump's an attack dog. He doesn't know how to go, kind of half speed, you know. And gracious and statesman type of behavior from DeSantis won't, I don't think, win. You know, it's not going to necessarily work in, in my humble view so we'll see but i wanted to you know kind of participate in this excellent that you're having tonight and you know what i agree with you brad that you know i think desantis at first was trying to kind of be a little uh statesmanlike if you will i think he was trying yeah. to sort of if you will take a bit of the high road and realizing right. that that ain't gonna work when you're dealing with trump because not only is he um, such a voracious and take no prisoners yeah. kind of approach, but he takes up so much oxygen in the room that like he overshadows everybody too. Um, so yeah, I, I, I think sadly, DeSantis, the high road isn't necessarily going to work against, especially because guy, Trump is you know, gunning for him. him. I just don't know that he wants to become the guy that's going to be able to rise to that level of kind of vitriol or, or fight. You know, it's, it doesn't seem like in his in his kind of constitution, DeSantis. But I don't know. We'll see. I just was thinking it's it's a little bit of a tragedy that those two guys have to go against each other. I think they're both. Yeah, and you know, and and I think a lot of people. And I think by the way, and and Brad, thank you very very much for the call. You know, I think a lot of people were thinking that maybe DeSantis might sit this one out too, um, just because with everything going on these days. Um, and the whole loyalty factor, that's what Trump was essentially saying, is that, you know what, um, basically uh, loyalty is everything. And he really helped DeSantis. DeSantis wouldn't be DeSantis if it wasn't for Trump. There's no doubt because it was Trump's endorsement that helped him get the governorship the first go round. And there's no way that he would have won if it wasn't for Trump. Um, so I think there's a lot of that like baggage too, and Trump is playing into that. Trump is saying, "Hey, loyalty is this." You see it in the ads, you know. And then now, look what he did. And people don't like someone who is quote disloyal. A lot of people feel like Trump is unfinished business. And but I think DeSantis to think that he could kind of take the high road and not have to necessarily go after Trump, I think is also incredibly naive too, because Trump is so clear of his strategy. And when you have um, somebody who, you know, is a is a tough guy and takes a lot of oxygen out of the room, look what he did to Jeb Bush. Jeb Bush was the front runner. People don't, re- you know, don't realize. But in 2016, it was like Jeb Bush was the golden boy. And I don't think I've ever seen anybody fall as quick uh, other than like a pile of dominoes. I mean, he like fell so quick after Trump just went after him, call him, what was it, low energy Jeb, remember? And it was like, and he never recovered. And he didn't. He took the high road. And when you have somebody like that, unless you hit back, you are doomed. And I think DeSantis knows that. Maybe he's trying to pick the moment or maybe he just doesn't have it in him. And he thinks he can maybe do a different campaign and rise above. Maybe he thinks 
some of these indictments and maybe things potentially coming down the pike against Trump uh, might hurt Trump. However, if you look at the polls, every time he gets indicted, he goes higher and higher. Um, so I think he's naive to think that that alone might do it. I think he has to do something himself to change the dynamics if he wants to be Trump. And if not, uh, then he's not ready for prime time, you know, because that is the arena that he's playing in. And Trump feels like it's unfinished business. He feels like he should have won last time. And he feels like there is much more to be done. And he also sees the country falling apart. So he is really a man on a mission. And if you thought he was a take no prisoners in 2016, I think the debates, uh, should he participate, um, I think are going to be even more difficult for Ron DeSanctimonious and whatever other nicknames he comes across in between now and then. Uh, but I hear you, Brad, because it is a shame because uh, I think that whoever kind of goes up against Trump will be uh, definitely bruised and battered, I think, um, along the way. And and it's a shame because there are a lot of really, really good candidates. But I think some of them will lose their luster if they lose to Trump. 1-800-848-9222. And we'll continue your calls, everybody, after the break. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. versus Trump as they are combing the key states of New Hampshire and Iowa. And we were just talking with Brad, who was saying that he hates seeing this sort of fight within the party between Trump and DeSantis. And that DeSantis, I think, is realizing he can no longer just sort of stick on policy and take what you could call the high road, uh, that he's got to try to do a poke at Trump, he's kind of a little bit. He's like, well, if you get me, you would get eight years because I'll beat Biden. Uh, but that doesn't seem to really be working. And then Trump came back with the zinger saying, I only need six months. I don't need eight years. I'm not a novice like De Sanctimonious, as he calls him. Well, take a listen. This is Lauren Wright Princeton. She's a professor of uh, political science. And she kind of hit on the point, Brad, that you and I were just talking about. Take a listen, everybody. And so how do you get from two percentage points to double digits, which is impressive that DeSantis has already done that. But people need to attack Trump in order to change those numbers. They can't just kowtow to him and sort of tiptoe around and be scared of his base. They need to draw a contrast. And the message should be, look, this is a loser. It's actually very hard to lose an election as an incumbent yeah. president if you have a booming economy. <laughs> it's actually a great opportunity to show your leadership skills when you're campaigning from behind the presidential seal. And he yeah. really messed that up for us. And no one is yeah, seemingly but... willing to do that. 
Wow. Is that the strategy? A take no prisoners approach and the only thing that could potentially topple Trump. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to JC, line seven. JC, your thoughts. Just as I'm going across the state line into PA. First of all, uh, drill baby drill. That's where Biden started out. First day in, he shut off the pipeline. That's why he's got to open it up the first day in. Now, analogy between uh, between Trump and DeSantis. Look, if you were drive, if you were going to have somebody drive a supersonic airplane, would you take the major, who's an expert at it, or the trainee? Okay, if you were at a rock concert, would you start the rock concert at zero volume or ten? You need Trump all the way. Trump is unwavering. Trump will tell you what has to be done. He doesn't waver away from it. I I hear you, JC. Uh, And you drive safely there as you're crossing the line into PA. Uh, But you're right. If you're going in for surgery, uh, you don't want the intern doing it. You want the doctor who's a pro and who can do it again. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. The Rita Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes. And in tonight's Support Our Heroes segment where we honor our great military and their families here on the Rita Cosby Show, a powerful story coming from Minnesota, where on the heels of the National Vietnam War Veterans Day in March, commemorations continued this week, marking 50 years since the last U.S. combat troops left Vietnam and when the remaining U.S. prisoners of war were released in 1973. Vietnam Veterans of America's Anoka County Chapter sponsored a Memorial Day service on Monday afternoon at the permanent Vietnam Veterans Memorial on the state capitol grounds. Vietnam Air Force veteran Stephen Freetag was the featured guest speaker. There was also a special focus on Vietnam veterans, also a wall that heals. It's a replica of the Vietnam Veterans Memorial in Washington, D.C. And like the original, it lists the more than 58,000 names of those who died while serving in Vietnam. The Vietnam Veterans Memorial Fund tours the country with the wall in a semi-truck that also serves as a mobile education center. And, of course, to all of the great Vietnam veterans out there, we love you, we appreciate you, and welcome home. We are, of course, talking about President Trump and Ron DeSantis, all of them vying for votes. It is wild to think about because we've been talking about uh, the battle royale between them, and we know that next week, Former Vice President Mike Pence is apparently getting into the race. Also, Chris Christie, the former governor of New Jersey, he is planning on getting into the race. So the GOP side is going to get a lot busier and even more crowded. So who can take on Trump to even possibly compete to get that second spot or to topple him? Boy, right now he is leaps and bounds above everybody else. And everyone is saying that if you're going to be Trump, you got to take on Trump. 
There is no way around it. There's this enormous wall, almost like the border wall that Donald Trump built on our border that you got to go through before you can get to the GOP nomination. And does anybody have the goods or the ability to do it? Who do you think might have the capability or is there just nobody in that race that can? 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Dave. Um, on uh, Actually, you know what? Let's go to Tony first off. Line one. Tony, go ahead. You've been waiting for a Rita. while. Go ahead, Tony. Hi, Rita. I'm so excited about this because the American people are going to get a chance to see for themselves. And I encourage everyone. My my view is that President Trump has always done a stunning job at everything he did. And his one thing was that I always wanted him to be more of a charismatic person that connects with everyone. And I have to tell you that in these past two years, he has grown tremendously in the area of connecting with people, uh, humility, explaining things, caring. I think that his experiences are going to take him to the top and he's going to win. He's done a stunning job in his prior presidency with the Abraham Accords, the economy, keeping us all uh, with food on our table. But I see a renewed man, Rita, and I know that the people in America are seeing it. But I encourage everyone out there to do your research. You know, Rita, you work so hard at giving us all the information. But for instance, tonight, I looked up some things about Ron DeSantis. Definitely not my man, but there's things the American people need to know. First of all, his background has some issues with racism. When he redrew the lines in his uh, district, uh, he made, he had racial comments in his administration that were never addressed. So those things aren't going to sit well, and they're going to be coming up. And, and, and Americans who are thinking about him have to look into this. He, he, I read that he treats people in his administration that have worked for him like toilet paper. He can be so nasty to them, and many people have just found him so offensive. That's just neither here nor there. Times he's very deliberate. He's very Mr. Yale and Harvard. And other times he's like Mr. Blue Collar, and you never know what you're going to get. And he's not consistent like President Trump. So the American people have to look at him. And politically, he even had a run, I don't know if you knew this, that he was going to be running for Senate, never went anywhere, and he never wrote about it in his book. So he's someone who politically, who was all over. And if I lived in Florida, and now he changed the voting law so he could run for president, and now he's going to dump us, all those people that left New Jersey and New York might be coming back. Yeah, <laughs> you know, you bring Tony. You bring up some interesting points. The other thing with DeSantis is, I always find it interesting that if you look at a lot of the um, politicians there in Florida, and I'm talking about in his party, um, some of the Republicans that are members of Congress down there in Florida, uh, most of them are endorsing Trump. Um, And that's an interesting thing because they know DeSantis best. I don't know DeSantis that well. I've met him a few times and he was very nice with me, Um, but he was a little disconnected with other people in the crowd. Um, And I've heard that phrase from people that he's a little detached. He's certainly not 
um, as, you know, as, uh, you know, as uh, personable as President Trump by any means. Um, but I think it's interesting that people you would think the people who've known DeSantis the best would be the first ones to step up to him. And many of those members of Congress in Florida uh, right away endorsed Trump. And they specifically said they didn't want to endorse DeSantis. So that's interesting. That to me says a lot, you know. Says a lot. And there's a great article about him in Politico. So people need to do their homework because this is going to get down and dirty because this is this is the American way. Any political any political campaign is like this from the beginning of our country until now. But the Americans job is just to do their homework and look for a person who's so transparent. I mean, President Trump has taught me more about my government than any other of the modern presidents today because of his transparency. Yeah, and, and you got to give him credit for the transparency, 1,000%, Tony. Uh, let's go to Bob, uh, line eight. Bob, your thoughts? Yeah, yeah, Rita? Yep, go ahead now that you cleared your throat. Yeah, go I, ahead, Bob. I, I think that the previous caller is uh, delusional. Uh, listen, Trump uh, is, in my view, a narcissistic, sanctimonious, fake, phony fraud. He is a liar and a con man. He said he was going to build the wall day one, Rita. Day one. And did he do it in the four years he was in the White House? He did a lot of it. He did do well, a lot of it. Rita, read it. Are you serious? Uh, yes, I am, because I'm we talking. Don't, we don't hey, have Bob, a wall. Bob, we have people Bob. indiscriminately invade this country. Bob, we have, we have some of the wall. He didn't finish it. And by the way, very, you very hang on, little. Bob. Bob, very you're absolutely little. correct that he didn't finish it, but he did start it. And remember, Congress was fighting against him big time. But, but let me just ask you, who do you like, Bob? Well, uh, uh, I mean, I mean, if you had to vote tomorrow, who would you pick? He's got he's got to give us a message why we should vote for him. What's his message? What's his pro growth message? What about the uh, the border? How's he going to stop the invasion? What about rampant crime? Who are you talking about, Bob? Who are you talking about? DeSantis. I, I want to hear a message from him why we should vote for him for president. You know, he's got to ingratiate himself more. He's got to develop a little bit more of, of a personality. But uh, he's got he's got to have a message as why uh, the folks should vote for him. And I, I haven't seen that yet. No. Yeah. So, and you're right. You're right. He's got to draw people in and he's got to lure people in. And uh, right now, um, just to say that he's an alternative to Trump in the GOP field, I agree, is not enough. Uh, and I want to hear that's why I think, by the way, Bob, I think these debates are so important. Um, I think more of these town hall type things are more important, too, because you're engaging with people, real people answering real questions. But I think those are and I want to hear the differences, too. I think you bring up a great point in that regard where we I want to hear what is the difference? What would he do differently than President Trump at the border? I would like to hear from each of the candidates. That's a huge issue. To me, the border and the lack of security at the border is an enormous issue. And not just, oh, I'll build a wall. What else would you do? Um, specifics. And what is your experience as opposed to just an idea, too? Because that is the one thing with some of these who have not had a national office. It's important to hear, could they rise to the occasion? Because uh, it is not only a national office, it's the most important office in the world. Uh, but, Bob, thank you very much. Let's go to Larry. Line 7. Larry, your thoughts? 
Yeah, hi, Rita. You know, when I think of President Trump, I also think of President Clinton, because the two of them are probably the most charismatic presidents that we ever had. Yeah. But, but they're, they're the most charismatic presidents we ever had. Both I agree. Yep, I agree. But yet they're di- diametrically opposed. But you see, the deficit, you see, Clinton was a Rhodes Scholar, so he couldn't be scrutinized the way Trump was in his prior life. Life. Trump was a businessman, so he opened himself to scrutiny, and everybody labeled him. Labels were thrown at him, ruthless. But yet Clinton had no labels. But yet all he did was violate people during his political career, because that all, all he was was a politician. He never had a job. Okay, so the point of the matter is Trump was given a raw deal. And if people would understand, okay, that Trump has an overwhelming sense of humanity that basically paralyzed two evil dictators, Kim Sung Young Moon, whatever his name is, and uh, Kim Jong Un. <laughs> yeah, yeah, whatever. Right, right. Rocket Man. Let's say Rocket Man. It's right. easier, okay? Right. And um, by the way, you should be a comedian, Rena. I like the way you said about Bob. After, after you cleared your throat, you know, maybe you shouldn't have cleared his throat after what he said. I would have preferred it. <laughs> right. The clearing of the throat was more appealing. Go ahead. I like I liked the frog better, you know. The frog was <laughs> – but, but, but um, anyway, but, but Trump, people don't understand him. He has an overwhelming – he could turn on the charm because he has a love of humanity. His business deals – had to do solely with him. Anybody would cut corners. Uh, the profit is the bottom line, okay? With Clinton, personal corruption was the bottom line. And that's why people are so mis- – when you say orange man bad, you are so right. People are worshiping like a totem and taboo. It's like he's a totem pole. He, he's like, let's well, – let's, uh, let's, uh, it's an idol to, to make an idol bad. Let's hate something, you know? It's just a – but he's really a redeemer, uh, uh, President Trump. And DeSantis commands respect as well, but he doesn't inspire love the way Trump does. That, that's, very a, good. that's a great point, Larry, because you're right. Like, like there is a, uh, there is like, oh my God, you know, with Trump, you know, there's like a, a love and a devotion and a connection. And, um, you know, to your point, I haven't seen um, another politician that sort of has that like, like, wow, like when he walks in the room, um, and that's why DeSantis has a really like as a tightrope. Anybody who's going up against Trump has a tightrope because they don't they want to obviously try to take out Trump. They want to win. But on the other hand, um, they don't want to alienate Trump's voters. They don't want to alienate those people who love Trump. They want to give them another alternative to obviously try to sell themselves. Um, but they don't want to alienate them. So that's a really difficult, difficult tightrope to go um, and to still take a barb and take a swipe that could somehow have an impact on him in the polls if you're trying to topple him. Um, but I don't know of any other people like you just said. I haven't heard a lot of people go, God, I love DeSantis, like where I've heard people say, God, I can't wait to go to like a, a Trump rally. Oh, my God, you should have seen it. it was it was wild. It was this. It was that. It was so cool to like people wait in days. You see the stadium. I mean, I don't know if there's anyone else who can pack those stadiums. A Republican or Democrat. Um, and that that is a gift. And that's why it makes it so hard for anybody to fight against it. Larry, thank you very much. And everybody, before we go, I want to talk about a little bit about what's going on at CUNY. Of course, the City University of New York, that horrible hate filled speech by the law grad. And it is still getting lots of rebukes. First off, 
very happy that Mayor Eric Adams came out and condemned the speech. He's done it now a few times, but he did it at an Israeli event, at an Israel Heritage event at Gracie Mansion. And take a listen. Here he is basically blasting. This is cut number one. This is the mayor. And he was at a speech basically saying this is not free speech. Take a listen. And I want to tell you something. One of the most devastating part of our history is when people remain in the room and allow people to desecrate others. I would tell you, if I was on that stage when those comments were made, I would have stood up and denounced them immediately because we cannot allow it to happen. Bravo, bravo, bravo. And I'm happy to hear that Mayor Eric Adams said he would condemn it immediately and speak out. Meantime, Lee Zeldin is saying kudos to Adams, but where are the others? You shouldn't have to be able to sit through this. So it happens again. What are we going to do about it? Finally, you're starting to see some people speak up. I saw Mayor Adams gave out you know, strong yeah. words, some people from CUNY. Uh, I saw Congressman Richie Torres, a Democratic congressman from the New York City area. Uh, we need more people to speak out, and we have to go further. There obviously needs to be a change with the administration at CUNY. Obviously needs to be some changes. And Lee Zeldin also took a swipe at Kathy Hochul. Remember, he ran up against her uh, for governor. And he's like, where is the governor? Adams has made a few swipes about CUNY. And I'm glad he has. Also, by the way, a Democratic Congressman Richie Torres has, too. But where is the governor? She's been MIA. Take a listen. So here's the problem is that you have people in office who think you put out words like that and you say, done. You're done. Mm-hmm. What about the action? Words are important. And by the way, we've reduced standards and expectations so much for some of these elected officials where when they post a tweet, like, oh, thank God, look at you, you're, the leadership that you're showing by posting that tweet to finally say something. But we need to actually do something. Tax dollars go to fund this university. I believe that we should be utilizing that leverage to get the change that is needed. And where is Kathy Hochul? She has been MIA. And by the way, even management of CUNY, only a few people, the chairman of the board has come out, also the chancellor, but a number of other board members haven't said anything. And in fact, the New York Post was reporting that when they called them, they were like, no comment, no comment. Uh, How about how disgusting that grad speaker was? Maybe they realized some of them might have been in the crowd clapping like lemmings. At least the dean of the law school was. Uh, what's happening to that person who was saying bravo to the great speech? Are you kidding me? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. And I'll take your calls of what you think of the lack of response from others at CUNY is. What, were they supportive of this? The Rita Cosby Show. So a little bit ago, I saw a comment from Kathy Hochul announcing that all graduating seniors in New York will be offered spots at SUNY and also CUNY Colleges, the City University of New York, uh, for all of the state's graduating high school seniors. 
uh, that they will soon be sending out letters basically saying that they've been automatically accepted to their local community colleges this fall. Sounds like a great thing. But she has still not said anything about that deplorable commencement speech at the City University of New York. And in fact, she's saying, high school students, you should be going to a school like this. Maybe this isn't the right time to be endorsing CUNY and not even saying a word about that deplorable speech. You just heard Eric Adams speaking out against it. Other Democrats have, too. Where is the governor on this? This is absolutely unbelievable. The speaker condemned Israel. The speaker condemned the NYPD. The speaker condemned the military. And yet our governor is silent like a bunch of crickets. Does that make any sense to you? 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Morty. Line two. Morty, your thoughts. Rita, hi, how are you? Um, so I actually, you know what, I wanted to tell you this yesterday when uh, when you were playing the clips. Um, really quick, I, uh, I recently graduated college um, not too long ago. Good for and, you. Um, um, yeah, I appreciate that. Thank you. Uh, open to any questions that you have, um, you know, about like the, the environment or whatever, atmosphere of college is more than happy to tell you anything. But um, the really, really quick thing I wanted to just run over with this, um, with people like her and, and uh, everyone that I've had a conversation with that, you know, spews the same, the same stuff that they do, it all boils down to this. I say, look, do you support people going and strapping bombs to themselves and suicide bombs? Or do you support people going and stabbing people as long as they're not, as long as they're, quote, Zionist? And they said, yes. So the end question I hit them with is this. And I say, so. Wow, they say yes? They say yes. Yeah. Oh, my God. And I say, okay, so do you support U.S. designated terrorist organizations like Hamas, Palestinian Islamic Jihad, Hezbollah? Do you you support these organizations? And after the runaround answer, well, you know, besides the yes, they give me runaround answers. I have to ask the question a couple of times. But, you know, all in all, I say, okay, so you support U.S. designated terrorist organizations, right? Oh, well, you know, I'm supporting the freedom of the... No, do you, do you, yes or no? Do you support these organizations? Yes or no? And they say, finally, yes. Oh, my goodness. By the way, Morty, you are great. Uh, and you said you just graduated recently. Uh, I'm glad that you're revealing some of these people for who they are. We need more good people and common sense like you. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.